Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. Have you ever wondered about your own sanity in all of this? You know, have you reached the end of your limit and just simply exploded? Now you're the one yelling and screaming at him. And then you wonder, am I the abusive one? Should they come and just take me away? You know, am I the problem here? Many victims have had these experiences and thoughts. You are not alone and you are not crazy. What you are experiencing is often called reactive abuse. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast, and we are going to look at reactive abuse today. Um, Actually, I like to call it trauma response, and we're going to talk about that today. Have you ever heard of reactive abuse? Um, it's, It's a survival skill that we build in an abusive relationship just to protect ourselves. You know, we want the pain to stop. And we've tried so many other avenues. We've tried this, we've tried that, and, and we're just exhausted. And, and now you feel like you're just out of options. And so you become aggressive. You're like a cornered cat. And, and you just explode. You know, this is just simply a reaction to your abusive environment and to your lack of ability to stop it. Now, these reactions can be, you know, they can come in different shapes and sizes. They can be emotional outbursts, you know, the more physical reaction of yelling, screaming, maybe even hitting or throwing things. Again, you've reached the end of your rope. You just can't take it anymore and you explode. It can feel totally out of control and it can cause major issues for you as people now see that you are the violent one, that people start, you know, they make that turn. Even your abuser will absolutely use this against you. These reactions, they can also be more internal and not so visible to the world. These are things like shutting down or or just keeping your mouth shut to keep the peace. You know, unwilling to voice your opinion, giving in, but, you know, trying to be perfect, but on the inside overthinking and overanalyzing. And so it's much more eternal and less visible to the world. And these reactions and responses, they can even lie somewhere in the middle. You've got things like defensiveness. Protecting yourself before anyone ever attacks, explaining yourself when you don't have to, anticipating problems way ahead of time and trying to divert them before there's ever even a problem. Well, all of these are trauma responses, and that's the name I prefer, and I'm going to explain a little bit more of that as we go. So so both names definitely work. And in fact, many people will use them interchangeably. Reactive abuse typically, though, refers to the more explosive reactions we have to our abusive partner. We just can't take it anymore, and we simply explode in frustration. This is typically the yelling and screaming and slamming doors type reaction. And yes, it can be seen as abusive. Your narcissistic partner will absolutely use this against you. They may even tell you that you're the narcissist. They may even tell you you're the abusive one. And they may use these reasons and these examples as defense for what they're saying. And in fact, you may even wonder about it yourself. The focus is not on the reactive part. Meaning, you know, the abuse of the, of the partner, you are reacting 
to the abuse of your partner. And the focus is not on that, but the rather the focus is on the abusive part of how you just treated them. And this is so easily manipulated and used against you. It can be used against you with the police. It can be used against you in court. Like this can truly be turned against you in a really, truly bad way. Trauma response, which is the name I prefer to use. The focus here is on the trauma that you have experienced. It's not so much focused on the reaction you have. It's more focused on the trauma that you have experienced. You see, when you're faced with trauma in life, you are going to respond in some way. I mean, think about it. When when somebody has experienced a shocking death of a loved one, like a an unexpected instant death of, of, you know, maybe a young person in their life, a child or, or a sibling, somebody who was taken way too early in life, and it's a traumatic experience, your body, heart, and soul respond. And, and it may respond in a physical way. People will yell and scream and, and it may, people may respond in an internal way and shut down. Like these are responses people have to trauma. And most people accept this as normal and in fact, even healthy, when, when you start yelling and screaming and get some of that trauma out of you, get some of the, you know, the emotions out of you, people tell you, wow, yeah, you need to get it out. You need to let it out. And it's, can, it's seen as being a healthy thing. But when your lifelong partner, the one that you trust more than anyone else in life, the one who is supposed to be your loving confidant, your companion, your, your safe zone, the one who is supposed to love you no matter what and be on your side no matter what. When this person treats you with unexpected abusiveness, your body, heart, and soul respond. This is also normal and healthy. This is no different than that person who's experienced that shocking death. This is a complete shock to your system when the one who you are supposed to be able to trust more than anyone else in life treats you this way. This very partner, though, will tell you that your reaction is not okay and that you have hurt them. And this causes your body, heart, and soul to respond even more. This is a normal response to trauma. The, you know, no more abusive than a daughter uh, who has just experienced the tragic death of her mother and she's screaming in pain. You know, you have just experienced a, a traumatic experience. And if you are screaming in pain from that, on the, whether you're inside screaming or outside screaming, th this is no more abusive. You wouldn't call that daughter who just experienced the death of her mom. You wouldn't call her abusive because she has an emotional outburst. So please accept right now that the responses that you are experiencing are normal, healthy responses to an abusive situation. No matter what anyone else says, see this for yourself. We'll deal with what other people think and what other people say in a future episode. I'm still working on kind of going that direction. But right now my focus is how do you feel about it? What are you telling yourself? You are screaming inside from the pain that your partner has caused or is causing, and that's okay. 
Now let's look at this a little further. You know, we can break this down into, into different types of reactions. You have outward reactions, the more visible responses. You have internal reactions, you know, the less visible responses. And then there's there's even some in between that are like the defensiveness and, and trying to explain yourself. And the, we're going to look at all three sets of these types of responses over a few episodes here. In fact, I'm doing this as kind of like a little mini-series. And for this little mini-series, I'm going to put out two episodes per week, one on Sunday and one on Wednesday, to get us through this this little uh, mini-series. So, okay, at this point, we're looking at the outward, more visible responses. A victim just cannot take it anymore. They have no words left to use, and the responses become more physical uh, outbursts. Well, abusers absolutely love this. You know, especially abusers that do not throw, hit, or yell. Now, we've talked about covert narcissism, and I know we have a lot of narcissistic abusers who do yell and rage and throw and hit and intimidate, but there are many covert narcissists that do not do these things. Their manipulation and their abuse is so incredibly passive, it would drive you completely insane. And these are the ones that absolutely love it when you react in this explosive way. You see, their subtle abuse, it's so psychological, and it would drive you in, you know, totally insane. But when you react in this, in this more physical and, and um, more visible way, it makes you look completely crazy. And they will not hesitate to tell others what you did. And they might even try to grab a video of this. They'll use that video or at least the story of it with family and friends to turn them against you. They'll tell it to the police to get the police on their side. They will absolutely bring it out in court during divorce proceedings and custody battles. And I know many, many, many victims have experienced or are experiencing this. So how in the world do you keep from just blowing up at them? I understand that desire. I understand that place of frustration. I know it firsthand. They will drive you to that point of insanity. And if you've listened, or I'm sorry, if you have not listened to my episode on brinkmanship, please do that. Uh, just to kind of hit it in a nutshell, brinkmanship is the art of pushing someone to the edge, to the edge of a cliff without actually pushing them over. You know, pushing them to the edge of what they can take and waiting for them to react. And, and this is, you know, the art of covert narcissism. They absolutely push you to the edge and wait for you to lose it. And then when you lose it, they will just turn it all on you. Like, well, look at you, look at how you're reacting. And, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a something that they all seem to do, but this is simply a power that you cannot give to this person. They are showing their true colors. They will show it over and over and over again, but you get to decide who you want to be. You have to take that power back away from them. And I'm going to explain what I mean here, and we're going to go into this and dive into this. So do you want to be a peaceful person? Do you want to be a respectful person, a compassionate person? Like, is that who you are? Then don't ever, ever let them take that away from you. That's simply a power that you cannot give them. And we do. Like, I mean, I have. I, I gave that power away and I had to take control of it back. But no one should have that sort of power over you. Just because, now let me do say this, just because you choose to be a peaceful and respectful person does not mean that the abuse doesn't drive you crazy. 
Okay, we're going to talk about all of this. It doesn't mean that you want to stay with this person. Just because you choose to live in a peaceful environment does not mean that you're choosing to stay with that person. It does not mean that you're willing to tolerate all of this. Absolutely not. But I am saying you do not have to yell and scream at them to justify walking away. You don't even have to yell and scream at them to show that you want a divorce. If you want out of the relationship, then you want out of the relationship. I know, you know, in an ideal situation that things would improve and, and they would see, you know, what they're doing and they would make changes. But, you know, we've kind of already talked about that. A narcissistic person is not going to see, they're not going to make changes. And so you then have to decide who you want to be, but do not give them the power to decide who you are. So let's answer this question right now. Who are you? What kind of person are you? Take him out of the picture in your mind for a minute and describe yourself. Are you happy? Are you angry? Are you compassionate? Are you selfish? Are you peaceful? Are you turbulent? Who are you? And don't ever give anyone the power to take that away from you. Let me ask you a question I've asked before in some of these episodes. What would it take for someone to say this about you? Wow, that's really not like you. What would have just happened to cause someone to say that about you? Would it be that you did something nice and thoughtful for someone? I hope not. Would it be that you blew up in anger and frustration? Maybe. You know, what would it take for someone to say, wow, that really wasn't like you? We all go through that some. What would it take? Now, I want you to think about that covert narcissist in your life. What would it take for you to think that about him or her? I've said before, you know, this does happen with guys and girls. I talk from the one perspective because that's mine. But I understand this goes both ways. What would it take for you to think that about him? Wow, that's really not like him. Would it be that he blew up in a rage? Would it be that he blamed everything on you and upset you? Or would it be a peaceful evening in the home? Would it be him being thoughtful and even compassionate? Would it be him treating the kids with just like, like a genuine good dad and having some good dad time? What would it take for you to say that about him? Now, I want you to truly listen to your heart on this. But, you know, when is your heart surprised by him? Your heart knows. But when is your heart surprised by him? Is it surprised when he acts, he reacts in a negative narcissistic way? Or is your heart surprised when he genuinely does something good? If you are genuinely surprised inside when he treats you in a courteous and compassionate manner, then why are you still surprised when he acts like a jerk to you? What is it that you have learned to expect from him? Because this is, the, this is what he is showing you over and over and over. You know, when you're making excuses over and over for a person's bad behavior, at some point you need to stop and consider that maybe they're just a bad person. You know, inside you, you might still be expecting him to be a decent person, no matter how many times he has shown you otherwise. One way to quit reacting to their abuse, these big reactions, is to change your expectations. If you are reacting in anger to his rudeness, it is because you are ex still expecting him to behave in a reasonable way. Drop those expectations or at least change them. 
you get mad at him because you still expect him to behave like a reasonable person, though he has shown you over and over that he is not going to do this. So why are you still surprised? And you might say, well, I know he's going to react that way. But if you're reacting to him reacting that way, then you are still expecting something different from him. I often get asked, how do I stop getting so mad at him? Well, stop expecting him to behave like a decent person. If he has shown you again over and over that he is not going to do that, stop expecting it. When he shows his true colors, instead of getting angry, just say to yourself, yeah, here we go again. Some things never change and walk away. Expect him to behave like a jerk. That's what he's shown you over and over. Why would you not expect it at this point? Your expectations that he not be that way is actually your own desires coming through. You want him to be reasonable, loving, caring, respectful. And I understand having those desires. I wanted them too. I wanted them more than anything in life. I wanted him to treat me like a reasonable person and be the loving, caring partner that I so desired in life. So I know that. Recognize these as your desires. This says more about you than it does about him. Now, I am not saying that you should accept his behavior. I am saying that you should expect it, but not that you should accept it. Because if you ex- if you expect it, then this will allow you to be calmer in your responses and your decisions. Quit being surprised by his reactions. I understand they're shocking. I get it. You know, but quit being surprised by that. It is okay to be calm and peaceful and walk away. You don't have to be mad and irate with him to justify leaving, divorcing, moving out, whatever. You get to choose how you live. You get to choose what environment you want to live in. And if you cannot leave yet, changing your expectations like what I'm talking about and taking back control of your own life, this will allow you to be more peaceful while you work on whatever it takes to get control of your life back. You are doing this now for you not for him. You are doing it for your kids. You know, if you have kids, you are now able to provide them with a more loving and present parent while you work on going forward, whatever forward looks like. And and I know it can get frustrating because we don't know what forward looks like, but regardless, right here, right now, today, you have to take control over you and over your life and who you want to be and quit giving that control to him. One last question about these trauma responses, the more physical and external ones. After you are out of a relationship and moving into future ones, how do these responses still affect you? And I'm going to talk about this on each of these sets. So today we're talking about the more physical outward reactions we have. Uh, The next episode is going to be more about the internal responses that we have. So don't miss that one. You know, this is all going to be a little series together. So these trauma responses, they do stick around for a while, actually for quite a while. Uh, they can be lifelong. And, and that's okay, but you've got to learn. The more you learn about it, the easier this all gets and the better this all gets. You can do a lot of healing work, and you can think that you're ready for a new relationship, and maybe you are. That's okay. But you can be happily into this beautiful new relationship, and one day something triggers you. One day, just like that, you explode in a way that shocks this new partner completely. 
And it leaves things shaky and unsure of, you know, maybe, maybe this is too soon. Maybe I'm not ready. And it can, it can leave doubts in his mind. The more aware you are of your own trauma responses, the more you are able to change them. You need to start looking at what kind of responses do you have? How do you react to the abuse that's going on in your life? And then don't judge those responses. Remember what I said, if a person is reacting to the trauma of a death of a loved one, we all look at it and go, that's normal and healthy and good for them for getting some of this out. You need to look at this that way. You've got to get this out of you. It's going to eat you alive inside if you don't. So don't judge your responses. They are completely justified. They are completely understandable. And I know that people who don't see the abuse, they don't understand it. And so they may be part of the ones telling you that you're overreacting or that you're not, you know, that you're not being reasonable here. Quit listening to them. Find the support group that says, hey, I get it. You know, that'd be like, that'd be like somebody who didn't realize that you had that death, like that death of a loved one that I was just talking about. You see somebody reacting, you know, with these emotions and yelling and screaming, and you don't recognize that they just had a death in their family. You might think they're crazy. You might think they're abusive, but they just had a death in their family. Well, in this situation, you might be trying to talk to somebody who doesn't see the abuse or doesn't understand the abuse, doesn't get it. And, and yet they're trying to tell you that your reactions aren't justified. Well, they don't get it. So don't, don't go to them for the support that you need. You know, you need to identify where your reactions came from. Those responses, they came from an abusive environment. They are survival skills, but you don't need these survival skills in a safe environment. The key is being able to identify the difference between a safe environment and not. And I will be talking more about that in a future episode. Now, like I said, this is a little series, and for this little series, I'm going to release two episodes each week, and I don't know how long it's going to be. It's kind of developing as we go. It'll be one episode on Sunday and one on Wednesday. The next episode is a deeper look into the internal and less visible responses that we have. These are things like shutting down, keeping your mouth shut, unwilling to voice your opinion, really internalizing everything, trying to be perfect and just giving in, the overthinking and overanalyzing. And so we are going to take a much, much deeper look into that. I hope that this is helpful to you. I really, truly want to get us all on a, on a much more positive path in life. No matter what your future looks like, you take control of your life and who you are. I wish you much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. The information provided by Renee Swanson and the Covert Narcissism Podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used for diagnosis purposes and not intended to be a substitute for clinical care. Please consult a healthcare provider for guidance specific to your case. This material discusses narcissism in general. It does not claim that any specific person has narcissism and should not be used to refer to any specific person as having narcissism. 
Permission is not granted to link to or repost this material to support an allegation or a claim that any specific person is a narcissist. That would be an unauthorized misuse of the material and information provided.